It's that time of year again. Time for Onnit's Black Friday sale. Starting on Thanksgiving, November 22nd, Onnit's biggest sale of the year will deliver the deepest discounts on all of your favorite products. Nothing is off limits. The number one selling nootropic alpha brain, all Marvel and Star Wars fitness equipment, even our complete day and night supplement packs, Total Human. And to top it off, for the first time ever, Onnit is thrilled to offer free shipping. Say what? Some exclusions apply. 25% off supplements, 18% off fitness, including Star Wars and Marvel, and certifications, 20% off foods, 50% off DVDs and books. Who doesn't love DVDs and books? 30% off apparel and personal care. In addition to massive price cuts, the more you buy, the more awesomeness you unlock. A $10 coupon, free shipping, and free premium gifts are all available this year. Make 2019 the best year of your life by stocking up now. Actually, that sounds like some bullshit. What I mean to say is 2019's coming. You're going to want to fucking buy these supplements and you damn sure want to stock up when they're at their cheapest point, which only happens once a year right now. So pony up the cheese, do it for your body, do it for your brain, do it for your mind, do it for your health, do it for the life you want to live in the optimized way. You know how sale starts Thanksgiving at 9 p.m. So mark your fucking calendars. We'll be launching amazing doorbuster deals every night at midnight. Free gifts and doorbusters are in limited supply. So hashtag get on it, or you just might miss it. Check it out at onit.com slash Black Friday. What up? What up? We got Anthony DiClemente, author of the Biohacker's Guide, a guy who I've been following for the past year now, arguably the most balls deep in the biohacking game. And so what does that mean? Does that mean uh, he's hooking himself up to gadgets and gizmos and doing all sorts of weird shit? Well, yeah, there's that too, but... Um, you know, dude moved from Chicago to Florida so he could get more sun. I mean, he's dialed into all the natural ways we can improve our health, fitness, and lifestyle. What are the easiest things we can do to get the most amount of change? And that's really what I try to focus on in this podcast. Not the craziest, latest technology that's come out, but really where's the low-hanging fruit? What are the things we can do to, to exact the most amount of change with the least amount of effort? Where's our minimum effective dose? I fucking dig this guy. I'm going to have him back on at some point. And um, I know you guys are going to dig him as well. Thanks for tuning in. Anthony D. Clemente is in the house. Uh, I first got turned on to you from your book, The Biohacker's Guide. Here we go. We'll get it on camera. Um, you know, I've been a fan of the biohacking community. I actually spoke on a panel at Paleo FX this year on biohacking, and it was uh, Ben Greenfield and a few others. And, I, you know, everyone got to go through with their intros. And at the end of it, I was like, I feel like, I'm learning, I've learned from these guys at this table. So like anything I have to add is going to be me regurgitating shit they taught me, right? Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel that way about you because uh, there's so much in this book. I mean, it's, it's a fucking Bible when it comes down to how we biohack everything. We've got stress management, sleep, supplements, oxygenation and light, troubleshooting. I mean, everything's in here. And of course, we're going to, we're going to unpack a lot of things in this podcast, um, but I couldn't be more thrilled to have you here today because I know you have a gauntlet and a wealth of information to share with people. So I think the best job I can do is try to steer you in the direction that I think will get the most out for our listeners and just let you fucking run with it. But it's a pleasure having you here, brother. Pleasure to be here, brother. I couldn't, I couldn't feel more excited and blessed. Awesome. So tell me, you know, we, we were discussing earlier uh, this common thread between people who really become uh, pioneers in health and wellness the common thread is they were fucked up at one point and kind of lost the ability to control their own health. And that's what facilitates this burning desire to learn more and to really be their own uh, mentor and their own guide into what matters most to them in, in continuing to find their health and wellness. Let's paint us a picture here of, of your path to getting in the place that you're in right now. Yeah, man. I, I learned firsthand that necessity can be our greatest teacher. And when there's a lot on the line, including your quality of life and the way that you're able to connect with the people that you care about um, and, and everything's riding on you being able to show up energetic and passionate and thinking clearly, and, and you have that taken away from you because you lack the proper skill set. That's the situation I found myself in in like 2011. I, was, I went real deep in paleo and keto and 
overtraining, a little bit of what we were talking about off air, just every workout was like every single ounce of energy that I had. And, uh, my body started breaking down and I thought I was doing everything right for like the first time in my life after playing competitive sports, I was reeling it back in. I was seeing changes in my body, but I was also waking up tired mm-hmm. and I was waking up feeling like I had, uh, arthritis early onset dementia and those types of symptoms where I was forgetting things left and right and moments that maybe even aren't apparent to other people, but are concerning to you when you experience them. And it just got worse and worse. And I'm a stubborn guy. My dad was a fireman for 27 years. I never really saw him utilize the Western medicine too much. (laughs) So I waited four or five months while this decline continued to happen before I saw the first doctor. And then I saw 12 over the course of a year. Um, and while doing research in the background, just scouring the internet, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Ultimately, I tested positive for Lyme disease. So I had Lyme, and uh, which means I'd been bit by a bacteria that was carrying this, or I was, I'd been bit by a tick that was carrying this, this bacteria and a whole bunch of other co-infections. And that was what initiated the downward spiral. And um, when I realized that I wasn't gonna get the answers I was looking for in seven to 15 minutes on these appointments, um, the biohacker was born and I started sort of taking matters into my own hands and surrounding myself with a team of really good functional medicine practitioners and people that could look at where the breakdowns were in my energy production and where my body was overloaded with toxins and, and what things I had in my environment that were just draining me 24 seven. And we started putting the pieces together and what really took it to a higher level was saying, I don't want anyone else to have to go through this. I don't want this type of confusion to surround getting yourself from a state of disease to a state of high performance. Or if you're already at a state of high performance, how do you spend more time there? Or how do you close the gap between where you're at and optimal energy production? And that was originally why I started putting this book together and um, working with people all over the world. We started, because of our background, gaining a reputation of being able to help people where um, maybe they'd had the the traditional medical community had turned their back on them, told them it was hopeless. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the low hanging fruit here. I mean, I think it's it's not on everyone's radar, but I, I think we've I've said it enough on this podcast, and I'm sure you talk about it enough. Sleep, sleep is mm-hmm. fucking like numero uno. I think Rob Wolf said that if you're if you're not getting enough sleep, you're basically cock blocking your fat loss. <laughs> yeah. Strictly from an aesthetic standpoint. Obviously, you know, if you ever listen to Matthew Walker, uh, the author of Why We Sleep on Joe Rogan's, he'll talk about, you know, all the consolidation, memory consolidation, uh, the clearing out of amyloid beta plaque, all these things that happen in our sleep that's absolutely critical. And and one of the common threads that fucks us up that we had discussed earlier is this go, go, go mentality in society and I'll sleep when I'm dead. And and you got guys Mm -hmm. like Jocko that are sent discipline equals freedom and I'm up at 4 a.m. no matter what and all this other bullshit. And that can work, but only for a certain length of time. Mm-hmm. It's going to come back to bite you in the ass, no matter who you are, yeah. right? But talk about some of your sleep practices, because um, that seems to be something that's a question that's asked to me all the fucking time. And it doesn't matter what books I recommend. It always circles back. How do I get better sleep? How do I optimize sleep? And, uh, you know, general sleep hygiene is, is something that's not, it's, it's known for us, but it's not necessarily that well known. Sure. Yeah. It's a great question. And there's a lot of nuances that we could get into if we'd like, but some of the, after wearing an aura ring, which, which you have there and having thousands of people in our community of biohackers wear it and like looking at the data and seeing what impacts, not just, you know, your sleep score, but how much deep sleep you're getting and how much rapid eye movement sleep you're getting and how, you know, effectively you're clearing those beta amyloid and tau proteins from your brain. We've seen a couple things that screw up sleep more than anything else. One is eating too close to bedtime. For most people, that'll tank your deep sleep, which is going to prevent your body from recovering from your workouts. And, you know, you start quickly moving into territory of overtraining or under-recovering, however you want to phrase it. So making sure that there's plenty of gap between ideally two to three hours before you go to bed where you finished your last meal and you're not sending a whole bunch of blood down to your gut to digest, especially if you're a slow oxidizer, which we were talking about the... uh, the, the organic acids test mm-hmm. and the hair tissue mineral analysis. And those are some data points that you can get from those where like, if, if it takes you a long time to digest food and you eat right before bed, you're likely to tank your sleep. So a low hanging fruit is come in, just be disciplined. If you're trying to be in bed by 10 to kind of optimize your circadian rhythm, cutting off the food at seven, that's number one. Um, number two, you had had Nick Pino on 
who's uh, one of the experts in in uh, electromagnetic fields and how those can disrupt sleep. Um, that's a big one that we're seeing. Just it's in, in the scientific literature, we're seeing that the more you're exposed to cell phones, Wi-Fi, cell towers, you get a downregulation of melatonin. And we're seeing blood and saliva tests where melatonin levels are like 15% of where they're supposed to be when people are just oh, wow. constantly surrounded by technology and not mitigating it with enough nature, proper amounts of nature. And then on top of that, melatonin is the antioxidant that crosses our blood-brain barrier. So you think about, you're not only dealing with lower levels of the sleep hormone that helps you go into a deep, restful state of sleep, but on top of that, you're depriving yourself of an antioxidant that gets into your brain and clears out those beta amyloid plaques and tau proteins and things like that. Um, so doing some things to, at a minimum, unplugging your Wi-Fi at night. A, a lot of people do best when they just switch over to Ethernet, and there's some easy ways to do that now where it's not a huge yeah, pain. Green, Greenfield's got his whole house set up like that. I think that'd be more yeah. of a pain in the ass if you have iPads and cell phones that you need because you don't have good uh, cell phone reception. But that's honestly, there's no reason you shouldn't have an auto timer that just turns it off when you're getting ready for bed. No one's going to be on fucking Wi-Fi in the middle of the night, or they shouldn't be at least. And it know? makes a big, big difference. People start feeling differences there within a week of cutting the Wi-Fi at night. And there's even adapters now where you can plug an Ethernet into the adapter and plug it right into your phone or iPad. Oh, wow. So okay. it, it knocks that out too. I started using one of those a few months ago. Um, someone in our community just turned me on to it. So that that can help a lot. And um, and then a hack that's a little bit more for those who have noticed autoimmune conditions, food sensitivities, maybe their immune system is a little bit on high alert, um, perhaps combined with uh, leaky gut intestinal permeability is low dose naltrexone. Taking a very low dose. So naltrexone was popularized to help people get off certain addictive substances, but they found that like at a tiny fraction of that dosage, it can ramp up uh, endorphin production in the body and help make your immune system stronger and better able to decipher between like foreign cells and your body cells. And by taking like two to three milligrams of low dose naltrexone at night, and I, I do this periodically in cycles, I find that I sleep better. I wake up more refreshed. My brain feels happier and, um, and the quality of sleep reported from the aura ring is much higher. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Cause the proof's in the pudding there. It's yeah. like, it's kind of, I don't want to dive too far into this carnivore shit because I, the jury's out until I finish it, but you know, everyone's got a fucking opinion about it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's why you do the blood work. That's why you do the Dexacan. That's why you look at it. And you can say like, well, why do you need to wear the aura ring? You can tell how good you sleep, can't you? You wake up, you feel refreshed, do you not? Like, well, there's a deeper look at that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to wear it every night if I wear it every day for a year. But there's also points in time through travel and things like that. Like, I want to fucking know, did I sleep deep or did I just get REM? How many mm -hmm. times did I wake up in the middle of the night? How long was I awake for in the middle of the night? It's important to know those things. And, and uh, as much of this quantified self, you know, we can employ, then we can start to see are our results making a difference or are they just minimal, you know? Totally agree. And I believe that there's, the, the highest level is being able to have enough of the data points where you can then learn to trust your intuition and understand that your body and mind contains a wisdom that far exceeds any biohack that we could employ. So I wore the ring for years and obsessively looked at my data every morning and, and, and looked at the different variables that were helping it to, you know, helping improve my sleep scores and the ones that were taking away. And you mentioned the night of zero sleep, you know, where um, you do certain things that, that, that interfere with that. And now I rely on it less. If I'm running an experiment and I want to know how, um, how my sleep's impacted and, and there are things in question, then I wear it. But most of the time I try to go by like, okay, how do I feel in the morning? And yeah. I, I know that I ate too late last night and I know that I probably pushed myself too hard in the workout. So my nervous system is probably sympathetic dominant this morning if I wanted to do a heart rate variability thing, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily need to because I can feel it. Yeah, feel yeah. that heart rate. So it's like a little the bit, tools are sort of anxious. training wheels. They get yeah. you there and you learn and then you're like, no, I know what it means to feel, or I know what it feels like to be sympathetic dominant. Yeah. I don't need to have it in black and white in front of me right now. So there's a couple of things I want to touch on. Uh, I think one of the next big pieces here and something I definitely wanted to take a deep dive because and this may open up all the other things I want to talk about, but yeah. energy. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about energy because this has been a common theme for me since coming here to Ana. I talked about you know wanting to come out the gate hard and it's my first 40-hour week job, all those things. 
And oftentimes we put the focus into something outside of ourselves and it's very depleting and that can only last. It's not sustainable. It can only last in a short window. Mm-hmm. Over time, if we're not putting ourselves something back into ourselves from an energetic standpoint, through breath work, different forms of meditation, things of that nature, then it's just, it's just you're going to run out. You're burning the candle at both ends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the different ways you can break down how to enhance energy and, and everything from you know, our mental energy and cognitive energy to how we energize the mitochondria and just fucking take the deep dive on this. Yeah, for sure. All right. So this is, this is where I have a really good time. Um, for most of us, we've realized that every deviation that can occur from optimal energy production can be attributed to really three root causes. And like there's the surrogate endpoints, the symptoms that may involve your underactive thyroid, or you've got intestinal permeability or adrenal burnout and everything that people are familiar with that have dabbled in functional medicine. But the real low hanging fruit are the root causes that are draining our energy 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that you can address without any extra time. So that's the deficiencies, the toxicities and the environmental genetic mismatches. So you want to look at getting some of the right tests or using like health assessments that can identify, are you dealing with iron deficiency, vitamin D deficiency, magnesium deficiency, vitamin C deficiency? Those are some of the big ones, right? That are very common, but there's also nature deficiency. Like we're wild animals in many cases living like zoo animals and we need to get out from under the blue lights and underneath the biggest energy source on the planet and move our bodies in nature and breathe in some of the air and the terpenes and all these beneficial plant medicines that we get from working out outside that we don't get if we're breathing recycled gym air you know Mm -hmm. so finding out what those deficiencies are for you and and those are some of the big ones but if you're magnesium, for example, is short and a lot of people are deficient there, 60 to 80% based on the scientific literature, just getting yourself more magnesium can help with mitochondrial biogenesis. So like you've got your mitochondria, energy factories, your cells, those things replicating, that's a process known as biogenesis. Now you've got two factories making energy, right? And for a lot of people saying, okay, there's a lot of signs that point to magnesium deficiency. Maybe their eyes twitch, maybe they're more prone to muscle cramps, or they got a blood test like the organic acids test that we discussed earlier, right? And they're showing that magnesium is, um, it's suboptimal. Well, you can take a good form of magnesium, like magnesium glyconate, and you find your optimal dose, which we like to do with clients by having them increase, say, let's say you start with like four tablets, which would be 800 milligrams. And if you're good with that, increase by 200 milligrams a day until you get loose stools. And then when you get loose stools, take a few days off, let everything come back to normal. And then that's your optimal dose. You subtract by like a tablet or two from Mm. where you got loose stools. And like, that's one strategy for addressing some of those deficiencies that can help a ton with energy production. Um, Toxicities is a big one. And heavy metals are a massive problem right now. I just did my hair tissue mineral analysis test and my aluminum was through the roof. Really? But, um, and, and we haven't been able to yet wrap our head around why, but nonetheless, we're going to be doing some heavy metal detoxification. And in the past, I've already done ETDA, IV chelation, okay. and a lot of different heavy metal protocols. But at some point, I was either exposed and didn't get rid of it, or since then was exposed and need to also figure out the source. But we're, we're big advocates in testing, not guessing, because you get some of these data points, right? And with how popular eating um, sushi as a health food now and a lot of wild-caught fish is for many of us, it also exposes us to increased levels of mercury. So like one of the things that you guys do that's so great is regular saunas because that keeps your body's detoxification pathways working the way that they're supposed to, keeps things moving and, um, and periodically ramping that up and ramping up the uh, autophagy, the cell turnover, and the mitophagy by fasting. Fasting, saunas, things like for people that are more on the extreme side, as I am, coffee enemas, they can help. They get straight to the liver and uh, boost your body's natural production of, of, of glutathione, your master antioxidant, and even gentle things like rebounding that just stimulate the lymphatic system where unless you're doing a lot of concussive exercise, like repeatedly jogging, it's easy to not address the lymphatic system. You know, you don't get massages, you're not jogging and, or, or getting on whole body vibration plates, then a rebounder is gonna be something that's really gonna help keep those toxins moving out. 
Yeah, and they're just they're fucking fun. There's one right behind you there. Yeah, it's the same that. one. Uh, yeah, Tony Robbins has, and I'm not your guru. I got one at the house. My son loves it. Yeah, they're quiet too. You know, there there's no springs there. They're all bungees, and uh, it's just a fun way to move. Like uh, Aubrey talks about this, and you know, in the day, his morning routine of waking up, having a tall glass of room temperature water with some Himalayan salt and a squeeze of lemon just to get everything hydrated, hydrate the organs, then have a morning movement practice where you're getting direct sunlight mm-hmm. and you're out in nature and maybe you're doing something easy with a kettlebell or just something. It's not a workout. It's just mm-hmm. movement, right? Yeah. And the rebounder is fucking great. Like if it's 40 degrees outside and it's and it's completely cloudy, I'm not going to see the sun anyways. We just jump up, you know, give me like five minutes on the rebounder and I'm ready to go. It's better than a cup of coffee. Yeah. Then when I go to the cup of coffee or yerba mate, it's working like it was the very first time I yeah, took it. Yeah, you don't have to cut the coffee. I'm not just getting back <laughs> up to fucking baseline from it. I'm actually excelling, you know, and getting that coffee to where I really feel locked in. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. And uh, another huge toxicity for a lot of people is is eat the, the consumption of inflammatory foods, immunogenic and allergenic foods, foods that create an autoimmune response in the body, an allergic response in the body, and um, and foods that you know, maybe medicine for one man, but are poison for them based on their health status, their genes, and, you know, where, where everything's at with, uh, with, with their gut. And, um, so a lot of those foods that, that are healthier and worth testing for people, grains, dairy, alcohol, big ones. Most people are aware of those, but then you can get into nuts and eggs, even red meat for certain people, if parasites are an mm-hmm. issue. And, um, so it's not, it's not so much a labeling of good foods and bad foods. It's looking at the big picture of, okay, what's, what's this, where's this person started genetically? And then where's their health status at right now? And then what foods are not going to drain their energy by causing low level systemic inflammation 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, um, you know, we have protocols in the biohackers guide and ultimate biohacking Academy that just say, take four weeks to pause on a lot of that stuff because it takes about three weeks for the inflammation to leave your gut and for you to really have seven days of like, okay, this is what it feels like without me potentially complicating the situation. Mm -hmm. And then you test the foods in, in question one by one. So then you test nuts and nut butters. You would test eggs and one by one, you'd pay attention to your energy, your cognition, inflammation in the body and mood. And just make a little note. It could be less than 30 seconds a day, but it could open you up to a food that you'd been eating for years or decades that was just kind of draining you in the background. Um, so that covers some of the deficiencies and toxicities. And then the environment. We mentioned a little bit about EMFs. That's that's a big one. And that's probably the low-hanging fruit for, for most people is just cleaning that up a little bit. Um, I moved from Chicago to Florida. So I'd battled with depression a lot of my life on and off. And um, and I started feeling like with the skill set that I had, I wanted to go all in and see if um see if I could overcome one of the one of the greatest challenges I was I was blessed with, which was being prescribed antidepressants at 19. And I said, knowing what I know, it makes no sense for me to spend eight months out of the year in a place that's dark. So I'm going to get my ass down below the 37th parallel where we know it's easier to hit your vitamin D levels, where 30 minutes of sun is equivalent to about 90 minutes of sun in Chicago. And um, I want to put it all together. And um, we can talk about that too, if you want. Yeah, brother. I want to take the deep dive into that. You know, I think uh, for people that are just joining the podcast, uh, if you go back to episode 12, I talked about dealing with depression. I talked to you guys about that earlier at breakfast. Um, and through my own, um, please just listen to episode 12. Again, it's the solo cast. It's just me talking about my experience there. Um, depression affects everyone, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. And I think it's really important that people talk about it, but also especially people that look the part of a physical athlete that really think like, I mean, I look at you and I'm like, and this guy's got it all together. Tell me everything you got going on for you. Right. And then you just want well, all the you, sweet Kyle. stuff, right. But people <laughs> fucking, it's, it's very helpful for people to know, like, this is where I came from. And these are the things that I dealt with. And these mm-hmm. are the tools that helped me deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, when I was depressed, I found fighting and that was a great outlet, but it didn't teach me everything I needed to know. It gave me tools that furthered the lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Fighting taught me to meditate. It taught me um, to take care of myself and to be mindful of what I put into my body. I did the four-week test and found I was gluten intolerant. That was fucking massive to know that. And I still Mm -hmm. ate gluten periodically for two years after that, even knowing I was gluten intolerant Mm -hmm. as a cheat meal. Now I don't. Maybe it's once a year now, you know? So like little decisions like that, but 
ultimately the plant medicines were something that really guided me to a place where I could unpack and heal from the trauma that had happened and see things differently with new perspective and understand everyone's walking, you know, their own walk, everyone's on their own path. And whoever was your greatest teacher, whether that's a parent, a sibling, a loved one, they were doing the best that they knew how, mm-hmm. right? So that that kind of makes it a little easier to not blame others, but to have compassion for others and yeah. what we do to one another. But please unpack uh, yeah. how you pulled yourself out of this depression because uh, the musical chairs game you play with fucking SSRIs mm-hmm. is a real problem in America. And there's a reason neurochemically, we don't find one pill that works and keep it the rest of our life. They're constantly playing with dosage. They're constantly adding in another one. I mean, it's the brain doesn't fucking work that way. It doesn't want that. It wants homeostasis and it's going to fight to change things. And you end up fighting back with this Western medicine model that's broken. But I've said enough. (laughs) Please unpack that, brother. Sure, sure. It's easy to put on a face of... I'm superhuman. I've got all this shit figured out. And I think that can be beneficial for marketing, but also comes from a place of vulnerability. And uh, I'd, I'd rather be transparent and say, I don't have all of this figured out. And I don't think anyone does. And I'm sure as fuck enjoying figuring it out alongside you guys and and piggybacking the science with with nature and, and what we're being what we've been able to do on the technological side. But as I mentioned, I wasn't dealing with, I wasn't depressed day in and day out, but I was on antidepressants. And the reason that I got on them was because I felt like it was more work for me to get to a place of just feeling normal as everybody else. And, and, and at that point, when I was 19 years old, I didn't have the skill set. I wasn't equipped with, with what was necessary to give my body and mind and my spirit what they needed. Um, and I'd made a mistake over the years of periodically trying to get off without making the lifestyle changes, without addressing certain genes, and had failed miserably. And I didn't know if it was anything that I was going to publicly discuss because I was a little bit ashamed about it. And I felt like, you know, you're a fucking fraud if, you've, if, if you're doing all this stuff and you're helping all these people, but in the background, you're taking Prozac, mm-hmm. you know? And so I told myself that I wasn't going to, um, I was going to give it a a run and say, look, this is the most important battle you've ever fought. Give it everything that you have, every skill set that exists in in your, you know, in your toolkit, use it and let's see what happens. And um, moved to Florida, started getting a lot more sun, gratitude daily, getting my body some of the methylated B vitamins that it needs due to, to some genetic variations. One is MTHFR. Um, the old motherfucker gene. Motherfucker. I got motherfucking it. gene. I got it too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so way more sunlight, way more methylated B vitamins, doing some things to, to take into account other aspects of my genetics, making sure that exercise and ideally outdoor exercise in the morning, in the sun, you know, tuning that tuning my circadian rhythm and and getting my body clock where it needs to be. All of that was a part of every single day. And um, I layered in some things this year that were transformational. And one one of those was um, ketamine infusions, IV ketamine infusions. Um, It wasn't something I sought out. It was one of those serendipitous moments where it felt like the universe stepped in. I was doing some work at a coffee shop and uh, this pretty attractive blonde woman walked in and I noticed her and then I caught her out of my periphery approaching my table where I was working. And she was like, oh, you wrote that book, right? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, I'm a physician's assistant. We do Juvederm and Botox and NAD plus and ketamine. And I'd love to give you a ketamine infusion on me as my way of saying thank you. And my only experience with ketamine was at Electric Forest in 2015. (laughs) One of my friends took it recreationally and was face down for the better part of two hours. You know, so I was... I, I, I K-hole. went started, yeah, K-hole. <laughs> so I started looking into a little bit, little bit of the scientific research after that conversation. And I was seeing that they were doing studies on treatment resistant depression and getting 85% of people feeling better than they were beforehand. But what was really cool was I was like, well, even if I don't take the depression angle, here's what we're seeing in, in it, it, its ability to induce non-ordinary states of consciousness and hacking flow state. So they also took 
people and they separated them into a control group and an experimental group. And they gave them like low doses of LSD, psilocybin and ketamine separately. And they did brain scans. And looking at the brain scans, they were measuring like random neuronal firing, which is indicative of these non-ordinary states of consciousness. And like you would see those on the brain scan in red. So like LSD, there's maybe a little bit up in like the prefrontal cortex, like the front of the head. And like psilocybin, there's little blotches throughout the brain. And then you look at ketamine, like the whole brain is red. And so after looking at like a dozen different studies and then talking to her a little bit more about what she was seeing with clients, I said, all right, let's do this. And we started out at 0.5 milligrams per kilogram. So I'm like around 90 kilograms. And uh, so we started with just 45 milligrams. We just, we just lost power, but I think we've got a, a generator here. We should still be recording, but we'll go ahead and pause here. All right, we're back. Power's back on. We got a nice storm coming through Austin right now. It's 90 degrees two days ago. And it's 40 right now with lots of rain, but please continue. So you start your ketamine infusions. Yeah. So I, I dug a little bit more into the protocol that she had suggested. And it looked like what was working best for people was a series of six infusions and you start low based on your weight and then you s increase slightly okay. each infusion. So I started at uh, 0.5 milligrams per kilogram, which was, I'm, I'm a 90 kilogram dude, um, right around hovering right around 200 pounds. We did 45 milligrams on the first one. And immediately that infusion, it was like my brain lit up. I felt it. I felt a massive difference. It, if, if it were possible to feel neurogenesis, like the growth of, of new connections being formed in your brain, that's what I felt like I was experiencing. And, um, and I knew that we were on to something and, and no negative side effects. I almost went to a place where one of the things that had arisen as a challenge when moving to Florida was I underestimated how much I fucking love my family and my friends. And I was kind of like, I can go anywhere in the world and build a community and start over. But I was, there were times where I was lonely. Mm. And when I was on that ketamine infusion, I felt like I went to a place where I was with my friends and family and I was seeing everybody as the best version of themselves. None of the bullshit, none of the physical limitations, none of the, the mental loops that we run or the, the things that we get ourselves stuck in. And, and I was, I spent a lot of the time hugging people that I care about and yeah. tuning my vibration during that session. I realized that's what was going on. It's like, you're tuning yourself, man. You realize you, you intellectually know the importance of gratitude and love. And this is an exercise in self tuning. And I came out of that one and followed up with another five sessions. The next one was 55 milligrams. The one after that was 65. I noticed diminishing returns as we got into the higher doses because it was a little bit too strong. Um, but I, you know, I, I let Alicia with uh, Bright Healing Center, who was helping me out with that, I let her know. And she was like, yeah, that's sort of what we're seeing. At the lower doses is where people get the biggest benefits, where it seems like new neural connections are being made in the brain, where we're sort of hacking flow state. And for a day or two after those first three treatments, I felt almost psychic, just like where everything slows down and you're able to see someone and feel what they're feeling and empathize with the challenges that they're dealing with in their life. And, um, and, and it, it fit into this greater journey of weaning myself off of antidepressant drugs and, um, and, and opening up my heart so that I'm, I'm coming at every interaction with all of the assets that I was given and not stifling myself emotionally, um, uh, which was something I'd gotten really good at over 35, 36 years. Yeah, it's easy to keep the blinders on and to keep trucking and not pay attention to what's going on inside. Yeah. And we do that with people talk about addiction to drugs and alcohol, but Gabor Mate has really put that forward. What what we can be addicted to anything. We're addicted to fucking TV. We're addicted mm -hmm. to external coming inward, right? Whatever that is, whether that's meaningless conversation or you know, talk radio or fill in the blank when we start the day with news and all these other things and we never push pause to reflect on ourselves mm -hmm. people go through fucking decades like that it's not like they have a vacation or they have a anything where they do that. and even on vacation they're still trying to fucking calm themselves through watching tv and other things instead of being present and so feeling true, what's going man. on inside i think the beauty of ketamine is that it is a disassociative. It kind of pulls you back a few layers. You know, we talked about uh, Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, one of my absolute favorite books. And he talks about be the observer, 
right? You want to pull yourself back. Are you your thoughts? No, you're the one who sees your thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you pull yourself back a layer or two and you just observe what's going on as you think of your thoughts as just floating words through a room and you can grab whichever one you want and pay attention to that as long as you want, or you can just observe them floating by, mm -hmm. right? Ketamine fucking immediately jumps you into that. It's like you're a master meditator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just in, in seconds, yes. you are a master meditator and you can observe everything um, objectively. Like it pulls you back and you can kind of see what's going on. You see what's making you tick, why you're thinking about the things you're thinking about, what's bothering you and why. And it's a, it's a beautiful way that they've implemented it into, you know, the healing of people, right? Mm -hmm. Because our options thus far have not been great. And we see that with soldiers and PTSD. We see that all over the fucking world. We see that with the abundance of SSRIs being prescribed throughout the world, especially among older women in America, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not to be taken lightly and no one's talking about it. No one wants other people to know like, hey, I take this thing because I don't feel good, Yeah, right? You just touched on what I also believe is a huge part of what can make us feel depressed and disconnected. And, and that is that our consciousness is being pulled in so many different directions. You know, like our consciousness is our ability to direct our attention towards something. And if we don't in today with, with how much sensory input is available to us, if we don't choose to create separation and make space for reflection, I think that over time we can feel like we're swimming underwater with, you know, just working off the same breath. And a, a big part of not just overcoming depression, but spending as much of your time as possible in a state of high performance is building a routine that also feeds you and makes time for reflection where you can look at the things that you're doing well, you can look at the things that maybe you're not doing so well. And ketamine was one of the tools that did that. And I did notice it lessening what had been a need for meditation that had existed for years. It was like, I didn't, I didn't feel the same drive to go there in order to feel centered and the way that I wanted to show up in, in interactions and, and in life. Yeah, brother. I'm happy you fucking shared that. I really yeah. am. Um, let's shift gears. Let's talk a bit about performance. We've talked about sleep and energy, with our, which are absolutely critical pieces, and we can touch mm -hmm. further on that. Um, performance. You know, a common question that I get here is, you know, and most of the people listening to this are not professional athletes. They are people that just want to get the most out of life. And one of the common threads is, I don't have a ton of fucking time. Right. And it's odd now that I have a three year old and a wife and 40 hour job. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of time, also, even though I get plenty of time to work out here on the job. Uh, and we generally have a job that's better than most, you know, not thrown in people's faces, but it's true. Like I have mm -hmm. more flexibility here. There's still, I'm still pressed for time. So I want to talk about some of the practices that you have where people can achieve. Um, what is that? The Pareto principle mm -hmm. where you get the 80% of the gains for 20% of the work. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about minimum effective dose. And I want to talk about combining some of the techniques that, you know, really work. Yeah, for sure. So I, I like an, an area of opportunity for most of us is having a default workout, no matter where you are in the world or what you have planned that day that you can go to. And I think there's the more barriers we have between um, needing to wake up and like, if we need to choose exercises and the number of reps and the number of sets and, and all of that to many of us, it can become overwhelming and then you just bail. So activity, preferably exercise outdoors is a great staple as you guys know, but we need to know what are we going to do if, if I'm in Austin, Texas, and I don't have access to the Onnit gym, how am I going to get some physical activity in before the podcast, right? So Carrie and I, threw on our stuff. First, we headed to one place that was closed. Then we went to, uh, was it Deep Eddy? Mm -hmm. I think is the name of the place. Went for a run around there, jumped in the lake, hit a swim, did some push-ups and some pull-ups, got the body moving. And like, we're feeling primed and ready to go. And I think if someone listening doesn't have their default workout, it's creating a lot of unnecessary barriers that could result in them doing nothing. So like, it's great to get involved with classes, plug into the community and make that a part of, of your week. But also to say, if I don't have anything planned, I'm just doing this. 
no matter what. And it's a workout that makes you feel good and makes you feel charged up and probably has an aerobic component for your mitochondria. But based on whatever goals you've got going on and whatever, um, wherever your health status may be, you're making sure that it's something that is not depleting you, but it's charging you up and you don't have to think. So that's a big one. Um, I like finishing a lot of workouts with sauna and a good amount of times that uh, in the sauna is when I'll practice breath work or, or even um, use a Frolov device, which is like this, it's a rebreather device where you end up breathing in increased amounts of CO2, which probably sounds terrible, but um, the Danish physiologist Christian Bohr at the turn of the century coined something known as the Bohr effect, which is like as CO2 levels in the body go up, hemoglobin actually releases oxygen and makes it uh, available for use. So by short-term increasing CO2 levels, often alongside oxygen, if we're doing something like Wim Hof breathing or even shamanic breathing, you get this dump of oxygen that's more available for, for use. Um, and the rebound effect in the body in the days and weeks after is you walk around with higher blood level saturation, uh, blood, blood oxygen level saturation. Mm. But it's because of that practice of sitting in the sauna, breathing the Frolov device or doing breath work. You know, you can do box breathing. You can do, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but that's something that, um, that I like to stack a lot. And, um, one of my favorites that I did right before flying here, this is sort of like the, this is the Ferrari of, of biohacks for energy, but, um, it taps right into the mitochondria and the immune system, both of which we're seeing clinically and in the scientific literature can be like the linchpins where if your mitochondria are weak and, and you're dealing with like early onset mitochondrial dysfunction, which is about half the population has it now. Um, or if you're just dealing with autoimmunity, you're wasting a ton of energy either because it's not being produced by the mitochondria or it's just being drained by an autoimmune condition. Right. So I do something where I, I go to a clinic in West Palm and they combine um, injecting ozone, which is O3 into the blood. Uh, and then in the other arm, I have a something called a UV LRX, which is like an ultraviolet light IV. And it contains three different spectrums of light that are great for driving mitochondrial production up. You get the red um, that also helps with inflammation. And then you've got a purple and a green that can help with your immune system and, um, and even killing like viral pathogens, which a lot of people haven't made the connection that Epstein-Barr and some of these viral infections in the body can be one of the leading factors behind chronic fatigue. You know, and you can do things for, you can shift your nutrition and you can change the way that you're working out. You can get more sunlight, but if you've got a massive viral or bacterial or parasitic infection or a fungal infection, that needs to be addressed. And the ozone and the light are really effective at both of those things. So um, I originally did that where I was, I did about 12 sessions in six weeks and then just continued at a maintenance level. And now I'll do it before I'm gonna hang out and fly and do some podcasts and stuff. And uh, both both fantastic for energy production and, uh, and getting That's your immune awesome. system dialed in. So, so, I mean, obviously there's, there's certainly some rad new technologies coming out. I've had the benefit of using NAD plus therapies, which I yeah. highly recommend to people where they can find um, access. It's not cheap, it doesn't feel good, but I felt my mitochondria turning on in a way that it is not done in years, right? right? Yeah. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about some things that might be a little bit on the cheaper side, or at least if you make the investment, you have it. So mm -hmm. cold tubs, right? Yeah. You can do it yourself. I recommend people buy one. That, you know, you buy a chest freezer from Home Depot for five hundred bucks or less. You can even get them cheaper on Craigslist. Yeah. Hit hit the uh, you know little silicone caulking along the lines. Fill it full of water. Some. Um, uh, what do they use here? My buddy Luke's story told me to use uh, food grade hydrogen peroxide. Then you yep. can keep the same water in there for like up to two months, as long as you're showering before you get in. Yep. I got like an $80 pump on Amazon to pump the water out and change it every couple of months. But I always have, like I made one $550 investment and I have a fucking cold tub I can use anytime I want, 24 seven. Yeah, that's right? badass. Yeah, it's just a simple way, right? What are some things like that that people can maybe make a purchase or buy or, or do that, then they have access to it around the clock. Yeah, we, we've actually considered getting one of those tanks because I've heard they're phenomenal, but we have a Balin stock tank right now, which is like even cheaper. It's like a hundred bucks on Amazon. You can get one of these things. It's 90 gallons. You can get you know a little bit bigger if you want, 120 gallon one. But we just fill it up with hose water, dump in roughly 160 
180 pounds of ice. The it, ice adds up though. It adds, I was spending like fucking 60 to 80 bucks a whack on ice. Up. Carrie and I have had a few conversations about either getting an ice machine that's like that that can make that much so ice. The ice machine's 1500. Yep. And I mean, I had I had a horse trough off Amazon for like 180 bucks ship prime. Yeah. Not bad. Would fill it full of ice. And I looked into getting one of the machines and I'm like, it's just cheaper to get the chest freezer. Yep. It is. Yeah. That's probably the route that we're going to go. Can you keep it outside? Uh, I believe you can. You people yeah. keep chest freezers on the back patio all the time. I'd protect it from sunlight, but I think it's fine. Yeah, that's probably the move. We're probably going to do that. Um, but we do we do a good amount of the cold plunges, and we had noticed just the the pre, the required work of getting that much ice, checking the temperature before you get in, all of that became a little bit of a uh, it, it restricted how often we were able to do mm-hmm. it. Um, working out every morning is a big one, but. Part of the what I've loved about Florida is being able to do some beach work and really yeah. get to get to the beach in the mornings and do some breath work and meditation and charge myself up emotionally for the day. And um, I'm not a big journal guy. I've kind of tried a lot and I've done the five minute journal and dabbled yeah, did with for a while. Julia Cameron's <laughs> and all that. And then I always seem to gravitate away from it, but I do really enjoy going to a place of gratitude in, in my mind. So See, it's funny. You touched on that with the aura ring, right? Yeah. Like l- learn from this, utilize it as long as you ha- can need to. And then from there, you know yourself. Yeah. Right? And so gratitude journal did that for me. There was a point in time where I realized writing down, you know, what I'm grateful for is creating a habit of first thing in the morning and right before bed, me thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. And even if it's the same fucking thing each day and it's not supposed to be, and I'm trying to rack my head around, what well, what else am I grateful for? Like, that's not the thing. Mm-hmm. The thing is to be in the habit of feeling that mm-hmm. fucking level of thankfulness and yeah. gratitude, right? And if I do that, I don't need to write anything down. All I right. need to do is close my eyes for a moment and be like, Fuck yeah. They're I'm all, so happy. They're all tuning yeah. exercises. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Packaged differently. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I love the five minute journal. There's there's a, a bunch of great ones. Shout out to John Lee Dumas. He's got he's got his journals that are that are also fantastic. And um, but what works best for me right now is I think of three people that uh, that are in my life that I'm grateful for and appreciative of. And then I think about, I go to each person, I think about three things about them and uh, feel it while I'm thinking it. And it's not complicated. It's just three and three, you know, three people, three things about each individual. And, uh, you know, you were one of the people that I thought about today and, uh, (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't need to get complicated. I like challenging myself cognitively to think of new people and new things. If I go back to the same people and, um, the days where we get to the beach and you're, you know, the sun's coming up and maybe you're spending a little bit of time looking towards the sun, getting getting as much of that to the parts of your brain that uh, that regulate your circadian rhythm. A lot of that happens in the eyes, so you want to do it. If, if if anyone's listening, you want to make sure you're doing it safely and intelligently. Um, but a lot of sun in the morning with breath work followed by movement and gratitude, those things add up. And then you stack a sauna and and end on some cold. That's a magical fucking morning right there. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's one of those things too, where these practices build upon themselves and they don't take long. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the science that Rhonda Patrick proposes on sauna therapy, that's great, is all like the best benefits are seven days a week at an hour. Well, mm-hmm. I, there's very few things that I do seven days a week for an hour. I don't fucking work out seven days a week for an hour anymore. Yeah, there's not, I'm not meditating for an hour each day. I'll meditate each day, but it's it might be five minutes one day, 15 the next, 30 the next. It's always variable, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it gives us, a little bit more accessibility if we have fulfilling practices that that help us out in life that also don't take a long time, you know? So if I can stack my sauna at the end of a workout for 15 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. a lot of science there showing with EPO-like responses in the body and and less, you know, delayed onset muscle soreness and things like that, but it doesn't doesn't hinder the inflammation process the way cold does post-workout. So, but finding like, all right, if I need to do, if I can hit cold first thing in the morning or... I'm going to hit sauna post-workout. A lot of times I'll hit the cold when I get home from work mm-hmm. because it's a great energizer. Yeah. And if I do that for one to three minutes, I can't drink coffee at fucking 5 p.m. I'll be up all night to fuck my sleep up. Mm-hmm. But I can get in the cold for three minutes, five minutes, and then I'll have energy for my son until he goes to bed. And I'll still be able to sleep at 10 o'clock at night. No problem. Yeah. Right? So figuring out little things like that, I think is 
is absolutely critical for people. Yeah, it's huge. It, it really does come down to personalization. And there isn't any reason that someone should need to invest more than an hour a day in in the things that charge them up and set them up for tomorrow to be a little bit better than today. Um, a challenge that I've had as, as a driven entrepreneur is just too much time in like drive mode mm. and not, and, and coming at, um, coming at the way that I work with the misconception that I don't need to decompress. And, um, so I've been spending just, I've been getting even a bigger return out of making time to, to properly decompress and create separation between work and anything else I'm doing social or, 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 or whatever. And, um, and one of those things is I got a gravity blanket recently. Have you ever used one of those? I've heard of those. Are they good? Dude, they're great. So first I got one that was way too small. It was one of the more popular ones. And uh, it was like Goldilocks and the three bears. I got this little like tablecloth on me. And I'm like, <laughs> this is not comfortable at all. My feet are dangling out the end. So I hit the company back and I'm like, look, product's quality made, but it's just, it's crafted for a different sized man. And uh, so I sent that one back and then I ended up getting one that was like half the price. And I've been doing these little like, power nap sessions where I'll either do some CBD or even like some, some medical prescription cannabis at a very low dose. I'll throw on, um, Holosync, which is like yep. my favorite yeah, binaural, beats. binaural beats. Yeah, yeah. Amazing stuff. So I'll throw That's on, what got me into binaural beats. Yeah. Holosync. It's yeah. still the best. And, or I'll do, um, New Calm. Those are the two that I sort of dance between. New Calm is another binaural beats yeah, company. Yeah, New Calm okay. is another binaural beats company, and they do it where they they'll combine the binaural beats with either um, a a supplement that like boosts GABA production in the brain, oh, okay. or you can also rub it on um, you know on, on some of the areas of high blood flow in the body and absorb it that way. Ballsack. Yeah, Ballsack. That's the right, fucking right scrotum, son. <laughs> if you're a man and you listen to this and you hear told, rub it on a high blood flow area, put it on your junk. That is the you fucking just about. Button. That's the thinnest layer of skin on the body. That's how you get the most absorption. It's actually true. That's great. <laughs> ball sack. Anything you can absorb somewhere else, you can absorb more through your ball sack. That's true. 100%. And, um, and that's been that's been a fantastic practice, practice, probably not just because of what it's doing physiologically from from taking me out of like sympathetic dominant, but carving out a half an hour for myself where I can't work. I'm not supposed to think about work. I'm just supposed to allow my my body and my mind to relax. And then you've got this weighted blanket that we're seeing in a lot of the studies is great for anxiety and sleep, insomnia. Did it um, feel like someone was just holding it you? It feels so good, man. I'm in Florida <laughs> and like there are nights where the, the AC has been acting up a little bit the past few days. And just because of preparing for everything, I didn't have time to really tinker with it as much as I wanted. So my place has been warm to say mm. the least. And I don't want to give up the gravity blanket but I'm waking up scalding hot some nights and, uh, and there's some sweat involved, but it, it feels that good. So that plus a little bit of CBD, plus a little bit of perhaps um, medical cannabis, like 30 minutes, it's nothing, it's it's at sub-perceptible levels, but you're waking up and you're feeling recharged. And it's it's enough of a shift where you're not grinding from 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. until 7 or 8 p.m. And then you get home and you're like, I gotta show up for my kids, but I am beat. And then it's wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. And like that's on a long enough timeline, that's a, a recipe for burnout. Yeah, you can't even think. Like even if your thinking is, let me just get through this week, and on the weekend I'll recharge. Mm -hmm. A that never happens, and yeah. B you can't go five days on, two days off, and think that on your two days off you're gonna fucking get all the way back to where you were. Right by Monday it doesn't mm -hmm. work that way. Right there mm -hmm. has to be practices done every single day where you fill your cup a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Right through breath work, meditation, binaural beats. And, you know, people are going to say, I don't have a job that allows me to do that. Mm -hmm. I get a one-hour lunch break each day. And that's, that's something need. Aubrey talked about. Fucking pack your lunch, eat it, and then th then you're done. You can sit in your fucking car if you need to, or your truck, and throw on binaural beats and an eye mask and at least get 30 minutes of some type of alpha, theta brainwave yeah. stimulation and just drop in for a moment. Unplug. Yeah. Stop thinking. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, makes, it makes a big difference. And it's like the last thing you want to do when you've got a ton of stuff on your plate, but those are probably the moments where we need it the most. Yeah, brother. Okay. Well, let's talk about your company. I mean, you guys, I've been following you strictly from the book and your social media presence. Um, 
you guys run online programming to help people through machine learning and questionnaires and all sorts of shit and then mm-hmm. different testing that's available. Yeah. Talk a bit about that. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've seen in doing this repeatedly thousands and thousands of times with clients that no matter where somebody is on, on that spectrum of disease to optimal performance, there, there are tools that can, that can ascend them. And, um, and none of us are, are at optimal energy production, but we've made it our mission to identify those things and to help people, no matter what their status is, to help them ascend. Um, and we've done that by, we've wanted to give away the biohacker's guide for free. And uh, we've given away 35,000 copies of that. We've got um, online membership communities where we help people with this stuff, overcoming challenges where maybe they've been told that they can't overcome that. And um, and I've also now made myself patient zero on a number of the top, um, the most promising anti-aging interventions, which is unique, not just as a 36-year-old, but also to explore the synergistic effect that could come from stacking certain um certain implements proven to increase telomere length and things that have been shown to improve methylation and mitochondrial health and and what happens when you safely and intelligently employ a number of those how does that affect someone where aging may not have set into the same degree as it would have on like a 50 year old or a 60 year old because it's looking like we can sort of get things back to you know you can reverse aging if someone's aging at an accelerated rate so if their energy production is is poor, or like they're wasting a lot of energy on uh, autoimmune conditions and or or toxicities in the body, but it's not like you can keep going. But starting earlier, it seems like you can slow down aging. Yeah, you can, you can close that gap curve. in energy production and then slow down the rate at which you age. And I, I do believe that process is going to be the secret to getting us to 150, 180 and beyond and doing it in a way where we still have the use of our body and our mind is still sharp. And I enjoy, um, I'm very excited by the possibilities that exist and how things that, that people like you and I and our community can do um, may be able to make those things accessible decades before they would otherwise be if we just waited for big pharma or uh, a company with a vested interest to fund the study massive (laughs) i love it brother yeah well where can people find you online on your social media channel as well as your website yeah we give away the book for free at uh biohackersguide.com and i think we've got a link set up where people could go to uh bestbiohacks.com slash on it and they can get it for free there we'll ship it anywhere in the world and we wanted to create a biohackers bible that where no matter where somebody is at or what they're struggling with, if they need help with nutrition, movement, stress management, sleep, supplements, hydration, it's all in there. And then we even cover some of those, some of those challenges that can arise, like thyroid issues or gut dysfunction. And what are some of the best practices once you've identified, okay, I got a, I got a challenge here. What are the best practices to fix it? If there's a thousand things you can do, what's the one that's going to require the least time, energy, effort, and financial resources? And then here's how to apply it. So we've, we've got that there. And then we've created the Ultimate Biohacking Academy, which walks people through a lot of what we've been doing with consulting, um, but doing it where you know I'm making sure I've made a commitment to show up every week on live Q&A calls and help people with some of this stuff because it can it can be challenging. And I don't want anyone else to have to, to go through the frustration or confusion that so many of us uh, have faced, myself included. So the more we can bring clarity to these things and give people best practices and ultimately get to a point where there's um, a a standard of practice and people can walk through a a system. And that's, that's what we're building with UBA and say, I'm, uh, I'm an elite athlete. You know, Michael Chirico owns Westchester fight club. One of the better Muay Thai fighters in the world was dealing with a concussion brain fog and a whole bunch of the, the things that can result depression being one of those. And, Rockstar entrepreneurs starting up a franchise alongside Westchester Fight Club. Now the doc said his brain looked like two different people three months later. And then, or someone who's got, you know, one of our clients, Catherine, her whole family's dealing with Lyme disease and things are kind of in a rough spot right now. How do we get that whole family back on track? Because every single person in that family is a rock star and can, can, change, can, can change the world in their own right and have a ripple effect. So we take care of that family and give them, give them some of the tools where maybe their their action plan has been shrouded in confusion. And now that's four people having 
having a positive impact. And we want to just keep growing our impact and aligning with people that we believe in what they're doing like you guys. And, and we appreciate everything that, that you guys are doing on it and stuff as well. That's awesome, brother. And you are uh, what on social media, on Instagram? Anthony DiClemente on social, on uh, Facebook, and then at Biohacking Secrets on Instagram. There we go. That's right. Awesome. Well, we'll link to all this in the show notes, the academy, the book, and uh, your social media so people don't have to write that shit down. They can just click the links. Yeah. It's been awesome having you guys here, man. It's been I a really pleasure, appreciate man. You. Thank you. Thank appreciate you, you as well. Hell yeah. Thank you guys for listening to the Human Optimization Hour podcast with Anthony DiClemente. Give him a follow. We've linked to him in the show notes. He also has a dope podcast that I will link to in the show notes as well. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review. If you want 10% off all supplements and foods, go to onit.com slash podcast.